You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro, who's the Deputy Chairman of Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. And David, I woke up for, for various reasons in the early hours of this morning, looked at the S&P. The S&P was down over 1%, S&P futures, that is. Then, uh, when I woke up this morning, after a couple of hours sleep at around about 7 o'clock South African time, the S&P futures were up. Then, at around about lunchtime, somebody died mm-hmm. in America from the coronavirus, and then there was a bit of a wobble, so the market came down again. Mm-hmm. So from being strongly down to strongly up to then down again and i don't know what's happening now it's up maybe 0.7 percent yeah exactly what on earth how do you cope with this volatility you know you can't and i think what it shows you is just to me this is a dangerous sign you know i was hoping for a bounce but a bounce when it comes back must be strong and what would you call almost ubiquitous in other words everybody Mm. must be buying uh, the fact that it is so volatile just points out, hold on a sec, stand back. Yes. In other words, stand back, there could be, for whatever reason, and I can't forecast what it is, some other wave coming, you know, another another bout of seven. Because what it shows you is that there's still people that want to get out. Do you know what I mean? Not everybody is satisfied yes. that the bottom has been reached. So I would be very careful. I would just say time to go on holiday, time to take a back step and, and just see where this ends because this is, this is not over. People are not happy that, uh, that we've exhausted the, the downturn. So I'm not, you know, I, when I say I'm, I, I'm not bearish, but I just don't like, the, I don't like the kind of movements that we see. You know, if it's going to recover, then it must recover properly and it must put two or three days of gains together you know, some kind of strength. But yes. where it is so volatile and so sensitive, just points out that people are not quite ready to to believe that this is going to blow over that quickly. There's still worries in the market. There definitely are. I mean, there will be bounces and there will be aggressive bounces mm. as well. But as you quite rightly said, a lot of people over the last six trading days, excluding today, have been shell-shocked by this and haven't known what mm. to do. So they're waiting for a rally. So I think the rally will be capped by John, yes. Johnny Come Lately's, if you see what I mean. Mm, mm, I think so. I'm not. It, it's too insecure. It's too uh, uncertain to actually commit yourself. So just let it run its course. Uh, understand what is disturbing people. What's at the back of the of the selling, and uh, whether or not um, it's it, you know it's worthy of being worried. I think that. Uh, um, the governments are trying their best to do something. Lindsay, you know the one thing that worries me, and and this has also put me off a little bit, because on yes. Friday when we were watching the S and P, yes, the it bounced from a very oversold position to end in a bounce on the news that the Fed would respond. Yeah, and I'm going to say, what are they responding to? Okay, this is not a demand shock. This is a supply shock. It doesn't matter if they reduce rates. If people have got enough money now. Spending's fine. The problem is on the supply side that there's going to be a choke uh, or, or the supply chains are going to choke. There's going to be a bottleneck or there's going to be certain goods that are not received, which means that factories can't complete goods and so on. You know what supply chain means, especially in a just-in-time environment. So I'm saying 
this is not something that uh, you know that governments can respond to, and I think it's a. I, I I can't see the reason, and I cannot fathom out why central banks need to respond now. And I'm no economist. It may create him, you know, it may mean that businesses are getting more money to to perhaps look elsewhere for supply chain. I don't think that's a reason as well. You know, you're not going to suddenly find a factory that supplies ABC uh, from somewhere else. So I'm a bit. I, that, that, I don't think this is a, you know, this is not a government um, type response. This is something that's that's more health than gov, you know, than than economic. You, know, you want to know that this virus is under control and uh, people are going to go back to to you know flying around the world or getting back on those cruises or or going mm-hmm. to attend soccer matches. And that to me is is when the confidence returns and when it's not that kind of threat. So me being the ultra bull that I am is saying, hold on, this, is, this just doesn't Are make sense Are you starting to life. moderate your bullishness now? Because last week, well, I remember yeah. at this time, mm-hmm. I, I said, we actually spoke with Nick Kunzer on three yeah, occasions yeah. last week, and you were sort of fairly calm about it. You said, no, I said, I think it's going to be more meaningful. You said, no, I don't think so, and you still could be proved right. We could have seen the last six days of, of the brutal, yeah. brutal sell-off. But um, are you starting to think to yourself, well, given the action that I've seen today after six days, this is day seven, maybe, maybe this will play out in a more meaningful yeah. way to the downside? Well, it's, it's, you've got to understand why. You know, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to understand what's driving it down like this. I don't think we're going to get uh, – this is not going to be a 25 percenter. You know, it might be more than we are now, but what – Exactly as we open this conversation, I'm saying, no one, those who want to get out are not fully out yet. That's mm. what I'm saying. You know, that's, that's what I'm saying. Even, even if government come to the party, you know what I mean? Even if they come to the party, that's not going to help. You know, this is not, I don't, I don't think this is, uh, this is people staying in their homes. You know, this is people, oh, that's, yeah. that's what's caused, you know, this is not, this is not the, oh, we haven't got money, please give us money. This is not that. And, 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 and that, that's what concerns me. I'm saying, hold on. I want to know when that confidence comes, you know, where, uh, where people are not stocking up toilet paper or they're not stocking up tissue. I spoke to my kids in, in both countries, in both the US and in Australia. My son in Australia was saying yeah. that at Woolworths, which is the equivalent of pick and pay, uh, here, mm-hmm. uh, it's not our will. This, you know, he says they were out of toilet rolls or out of tissues and out of. I say, my God, you know, <laughs> hold on, there's no one in Australia with it. You know, maybe one person's got this virus, and everybody's buying toilet paper or Puracell. What's it? That Purcell, you I, know, the, I, I the know. hand sanitizer. I don't know. You know, hand sa- or Lysol, which is the uh, <laughs> Lysol is a disinfectant that you clean your kitchen and toilets with, and they're out of stock. So, uh, you know, in New York, you can't, in, sorry, in, in, in America, if you go onto Amazon, you cannot get Purcell, which is the hand sanitizer, and you cannot get Lysol, which is the uh, uh, disinfectment, disinfecting uh, stuff, you know, that you use for kitchens and bathrooms and other stuff. Hmm. So you say, hold on, when that's finished, you know, in other words, when people have, have got back to uh, just living their lives, then 
then we can talk about recoveries. Yeah, maybe they should come here and uh, we can start washing our hands with Handy Andy or something like that, or Domestos. It is kind of Domestos, it's that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah, exactly. Do you know what uh, I, so I think about the last six weeks, and we would never have seen this 25, 30 years ago. We would have seen a sell-off, yes, but the intensity and the ferocity uh, of it would not have uh, been the case no, uh, all no. those years ago because of, of, of several things. I think yeah. the massive rise of ETFs and passive investments, and we don't understand... Yeah. You and I have spoken. We don't quite understand yeah. the mechanics of how these things work. But what we do know is that if they get an order to sell, they just sell. They press the button. They don't care. They're not going to finesse it like, hello, Mr. Yeah. Shapiro, I'd like you to sell me yeah. some Harmony. And you sort of ease it into the market via your broking <laughs> facility. Yeah. No, they just press yeah. the button. Get rid of the lot. We've got over-leveraged, over-geared markets, which have been fueled by people or rather organizations like the U.S. Federal Reserve chucking money away. Not chucking yeah. money away, but giving you money. So what do people do? Well, equities are the only game in town. They have been the only game in town for nearly 11 years mm. now. So well, let's buy it. Let's put this on the bank's balance mm. sheet. Let's mm. buy a load of Apple. Let's buy some Google or mm. Alphabet and Tesla. And it goes from mm. there. It's becoming casino-like. Yeah, totally. Totally. I don't think we comprehend the level of uh, trading in this market and uh, the level of gearing in the market. Um, and I tell you what's, what's so interesting, and we spoke about it with Nick during the week. Look at gold. Gold's below 1,600. Yes. And uh, platinum's below 900. Um, yeah, palladium's holding up, although it is starting to unravel quite a bit. The last what I saw, and I don't know whether this is right, because I'm not sure where I am at the moment, but it looks like palladium's down at about 2.5, which is about 8 or 9%. I've got to check that, so please don't take that as being... Yeah, look, I've, I've, got, I've got platinum. This might be the futures price. That's what I'm saying. I've got platinum here at 8.62 and palladium at about 2,500, but those might be futures prices. But nevertheless, they're pointing, the direction they're pointing is quite a big and severe sell-off. So in a market which is so sensitive and so concerned, gold should have been 2,000, you know, and it's not. It's unraveling, which means that people are either selling off their profitable positions to pay for the pain that they're suffering in, uh, in, in other positions. You know, it's just been a complete sell-off. Lindsay, you know what? We saw that in 87. Saw that in 1987 as well, yeah. um, where, which, which uh, the same thing happened. Everybody turned to gold as a way out of the crash that we saw. And, and what happened, gold just shot up for a bit and did an about turn and just fell into a big, big hole. Uh, and it took years for it to get out of that hole again. And it was the same attitude, you know, the same view. It didn't hold. And, and, and gold worries me that it hasn't really performed its function now as a, as a hedge. Well, you know. if you listen to, if you go to strictlybusinesspodcast.com and there's a brief thing that I did over the weekend because I suddenly got to be in my bonnet. So I recorded something which is about a minute and a half long. Why has gold fallen? It's very, very simple. Yeah. And the simple fact is that if everything goes down, then you have mm. to pay your margin calls elsewhere. David Shapiro yeah. is this hotshot trader, and he's, he's geared up to his yeah. Yamaka. He's punting the markets, and suddenly, because he's geared and over-leveraged, he gets a call from the bank and says, listen, David, yeah, it's Thursday. Right. By tomorrow, you've got to be out of this thing. So mm. he says, well, where am I making money? Well, I'm making money in gold futures, mm. so mm. I'm going to sell mm. my gold futures as well, mm. and I'll come back on Monday, and then I'll start again and, have, and, and you know, lick my wounds. And it's exactly the same yeah, as what happened last week where people said to themselves uh, actually 
the analogy I used was during the Chernobyl crisis, corn and wheat and soybean oil and soybean meal and soybeans themselves all went limit up and you couldn't do anything. So the only thing that you could buy was cocoa, coffee and and sugar. So everybody started buying it. And my trading partner on the desk said, Lindsay, it's a food, get it bought. And that became a catchphrase of ours. It's a food, get it bought. Uh, So you had to buy anything in Mm. order to get rid of your, sort of hedge yourself. Exactly the same happened last week with gold. I'm convinced of it. Absolutely right. No, absolutely right. And you know what happens? It's sometimes not even the bank. It's a risk manager at the at the institution which you're at, etc., who comes back and says, listen, you know, uh, we need to cut down exposure to this or whatever. We've been caught here. Mm. You know, uh, get rid of this. In other words, they balance it. So, yeah, you're right. It's um, And, and that, that's what makes it so difficult to understand these markets, you know, for us to understand if we're not part of the uh, – you're not part of that high-frequency trading um, say so, so, you know, firm, whatever it is. Yes. Um, but that's it's it's this is markets. Look, this is what we do. It's not the first time that we've gone through this in the last few years. You know, in December eighteen was the last kind of big hit that we had here, and that was because of fear of the Fed raising rates, you know, which was going to uh, uh, bring on a recession for whatever reason, and so on. And uh, the, the 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 speed at which we just unfolded was also pretty frightening. Um, where does it go to next, Lindsay? No one can tell. I'm not. You know what I mean? I'm not. My, my my instinct is that we'll stabilize and steady and start to pick up and that governments will come to the party and start making promises and cutting rates and, and getting people involved again. But, um, you know, I think, I think this has still got some time to run. This, this virus is, uh, you know, is not quite, it's not quite ready to fall over yet. You know, the, I mean, the story is not quite ready to exhaust itself yet. I'll give you some context here. If you go to Kitco, which is a really, really fine precious metals and service, they, mm. they, they give you the quotes and you can buy and sell from them, all that stuff. Uh, the gold price is bid at 1591.80 and offered at 1592.80. Okay. So it's up six on the day. Silver, 1664 to 1674. Platinum, 854 to 859. It's down $10 on the day or 1.2%. So nice tight spreads. You can, you can make money out of that. The Palladium bid and offer. Palladium is bid at 2405 and offered wow. at, at 2555. So there's a $150 a spread. It's down 84. That's a massive it's, fall. it's down 3.4%. Uh, but if it gets hit that's at 2405, that's a massive, massive yeah. move. Rhodium, yeah, yeah. there's nothing there. hasn't mm-hmm. traded. If you want to buy rhodium, you buy it at 11,500. If you want to sell it, you sell it at 10,200. I mean, it's like going to Standard that's Bank and getting some forex. That's how big the that's how big the double is. Extraordinary. And surprise, surprise, uh, Anglo Platts is up about four and a quarter percent today. Yeah. Um, Impalas, I'm just looking at Impalas up about four and a half percent. Yes, they were murdered on Friday. I've never seen such a sell-off in my life in gold shares and platinum shares. Fifteen I mean, it was percent, cool. wasn't it? I've never seen that. No, no. You know, I, I go back to my history and I, I go back to times, and you're right, when we were on the open outcry market. I can't remember 87. I mean, I remember 87 clearly, but I can't remember the exact amount. But in my, in my mind, the market was only down about 25 or 30 odd percent. I don't think it was down, you know, 50 percent or 60, 70. I might be wrong. 
Um, my mind doesn't stretch that back. It's very hard to go back into my memory. I haven't got, I haven't got um, Intel chips, you know. I've still got those old Commodore chips or something there, so my memory is not that great, you know. But 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 you know, it wasn't. It felt, it felt enormous. But when I look at it and I see what we're doing today, it was nothing. It was really nothing. Mm. So so fifteen percent in one day. I mean, that's ma- one day. That's yeah. massive. It really is massive. It just shows you also the function of the fact that the gold market on the JSC Securities Exchange, the securities themselves, the shares themselves, is so, so tiny. I mean, if you really wanted to uh, squeeze the gold market and you were a multi, multi billionaire or someone would be a trillionaire soon, you could just say to your broker, I want to corner the gold securities market and just buy <laughs> the thing. You really could because there's so little script on offer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not now, <laughs> David. Um, you remember the b- bunker hunt and his yes, uh, silver at fifty dollars oh, an ounce. Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. They tried to corner the silver market. Yeah. And and the strange thing, the irony is that, of course, they got into a lot of trouble, and I can't remember the consequences. But the strange thing is, they reappeared in the fracking boom. Oh yes. And for some, yeah, for some reason, they'd made a lot of money up in Dakota or South Dakota thereabouts. Uh, having bought property there, etc. I just, I had, I had it in my bonnet to go and see what they were doing, you know, after that. And, uh, you know, I looked up in that and I, I know that there was some association and they made money, but I mean, it was an incredible story. Okay, let's have a look at the stock exchange news service from the JC Securities Exchange because this morning the first I, thing, I know you haven't even yeah. looked, you've been so. I, we have been so, when I say just, just occupied with, talking to people and trying to fathom things out. And uh, I've got to go through them. But nevertheless, I have had a very kind of superficial look at things. Okay, I'll give you some for you to comment upon, and you can tell me to go and jump in the Mm -hmm. lake if you don't like some of them. Sea Harvest. Now, this is one that some people like, uh, (laughs) but you haven't done that one. Okay, Sea Harvest. It's... it's, Yeah, it's it's not one that are... Fish are very difficult. No, no, just to say no. You don't have to embellish your no. It's simple. Sea Harvest, no. I'll speak to Nick Kunzer about that later on. RCL Foods, down yeah. 3.5%. Yeah. Have you looked at yeah. that one? I kind of looked at it. You know, it, this has came out of the Rembrandt group. This is, uh, remember, this is a mixture of, of their sugar, which was, I think, Swazi sugar. Or, I can't re- Yeah. Um, and, of course, the the chickens. So, I've mm. uh, been under a bit of pressure. You know, been under pressure lately. Um, I watch it from a distance, but I think that, you know, you know, Lindsay, things, markets at the best of time are, are difficult, but when you get into chickens and you get into sugar, you never get on top of it. I mean, seriously, I mean, you oh, know. No. To, to, it, it, they are the most difficult areas to try and, uh, Any commodity and is very unpredictable. Yeah. We know that, don't we? But, but, but you see, the thing is that with gold, it's in the ground. There's a limited amount, even with platinum. There's a limited amount there. You understand it. Where you've got chickens that can just grow. You know, you plant a chicken, it grows. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is a really good, uh, very good uh, asset, asset, you know, asset manager's view on, on, on this particular stock. You put a chicken in the ground say, and uh, it grows. Yeah, it's very, very good. You can eat it or it no, you're digging yourself a hole here. Maybe you should plant a chicken in that hole. Uh, the Bidvest Group, this is one you're more familiar with. Yeah. I, I, yeah, uh, again, a, a difficult uh, – they're doing as best as they can. I think um, it's not as bad as the profit um, update was. I think the market 
perhaps overreacted. When you go through the results, um, they're doing okay. You know, um, certainly on the services side, some of the acquisitions are now starting to kick in, which is a very good sign. Yes. Um, would I buy them not in this economy? You know, I still think they're too exposed to the South African economy. And when you look at certain si- you know, certain sectors of those, those like the electrical side or the, com- the consumer side, uh, under a lot of pressure. Service aside, okay, I think they've done as much as they can. Um, you know, on the, they've done as much as they can on the, on the, uh, when I say service aside, that's building, you know, cleaning buildings, etc. Um, just, I'm just trying to think the one area that worried me a little bit about them as well. Um, wait, wait, I'll get it. Move on. <laughs> Let's it, move on. It just slipped my mind. I, because I went through them early this morning and I was mm. looking at, 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 at certain elements and, uh, there was one side that, oh yeah, sorry, sorry. It's difficult. You know, they've now consolidated Adcock and, uh, they still got their exposure to Comair and these things are kind of also distorting, um, history. Yes, you know, so it's, it's an accounting it's message, easy, isn't it? Mm, mm. That's exactly. So exactly. it's not the easiest. Uh, these are not the easiest results. They're up 0.68, today. I still think, um, Maybe I would have expected a little bit more. So, but it's 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 well run business. I can't I can't fault Lindsay and his you know Lindsay Rels and his team. Yes. These all come out of the Joffe camp. But I think uh, South Africa is not the easiest place to make a living these days. Nigeria isn't an easy place to make mm-hmm. a living either, unless you get it really really right and you have some uh, inside knowledge. Because I've known a few people that have gone to Nigeria and said. Fantastic market, but we just don't understand the place. Yeah. Uh, 2.6% up for MTN because their Nigeria results came out today. Mm. People like those results. You don't yeah. like MTN, yeah. though, do you? I, you know what happens? It's, it's, um, I think we're going next growth on all those businesses. Mm. Um, I, don't, I, I think they're becoming service organizations. They're becoming utilities. They're having to put a huge amount in the, of money into infrastructure on which the return is going to be very low. They may enjoy, they may enjoy 5G when it comes about and everybody has to go on to it and they've got an advantage in, in applying it because I think 5G is going to change the whole way that we do business and the whole way that we entertain ourselves and, uh, you know, that, that businesses are run and so on. But I think it's a bit early for that. So I'm cautious of it. There's, there's enough room in South Africa for two. You know, I think there's enough room for Vodacom and MTN. That's enough. You know, uh, the trouble is that if you keep getting competition, I think it's going to chew into their margins and, and it's going to be, you know, make things very difficult for them. But, but, and also you never understand the Nigerians. You don't know what's going to come next. <laughs> Where they're going to be clopped or knocked or something. It's just from one day to the next. Yes, indeed. I mean, it has been like that. The whole tax debacle mm. was actually rather unsavoury. Um, and I don't blame MTN for this at all. I blame the authorities in Nigeria for trying to extract money uh, from a, a company that was doing well. And that was when the oil price was, yeah. on, the, was on its knees. Uh, but anyway, let's uh, let, let bygones be bygones. Aspen's results are coming out on the 5th of March. What do you do with a share like Aspen, David? I mean, it's been hugely, yeah. it's been a darling, it's come crashing down, it's consolidated, it's gone up, they've sold some businesses, they've paid off their debt. What do you do now when you wait for you these know, results on the 5th of March for the end of December? Um, 
I, you know, here's another one we don't really know. They, they're reducing debt and they're doing everything that they can to reduce debt. Um, they're exposed to an area of business where governments want to bring down pricing. And to me, that's the biggest worry is that it's, it's, it's very hard for them to, uh, to fight this off. Then we've got China as well. Um, and, and also it's not an easy business. You know, they did a lot of new deals that they're still trying to bet down. Um, at the time things went, uh, went against them. Uh, they're trading at around about hundreds. I suppose there's a low side that they'd reached, you know, I think had come down all the way down to about 60 odd rand, moved up to about 110, 120. And I think they're back now around about a hundred. I don't know. I'm not, we were exposed. I'm no longer exposed to them anymore. Um, Lindsay, we watch, but I think it's it's not easy to to make a decision on this one. You know, you have if you want to. So I see they're up three percent at one hundred three. If you want to buy this business, if you feel and this is, if you feel that things are looking cheap, you've got to do a lot of research into it. You know what I mean? Not not the superficial comments that I'm giving now. You know what I mean? It's not it's not good enough. If you want to do it, if you want to look at this company now. And you feel that there's value, do research. But I mean, do proper research. You know, go into each element of their business and try and understand where it's going. And then also understand the macro background uh, in which they're supplying these kind of drugs. So I, 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 why? You know what? You know why I say that? Analysts have got this one so so wrong. You know, and and you can go and check me out. You can go. How back many analysts have got every? There must be a dozen stocks that everybody has got horribly, horribly yes, wrong. Do people go to lunches them. with the CEO and everything? I what don't do, know. What do they do? I do they get know. sent on holiday to golfing know. days or something? Why do they get it I, so wrong? It's, I, it's almost as though they're embedded. I, I think it is embedded, and they're too lazy, in the sense that I think in the United States the competition is so intense. So if your neighbor is doing intense investigation into a business, you better make sure that you're matching him with the same kind of intensity. And I think in this case, I think a lot of us look at these businesses superficially. We get a meeting with management. We have a few meetings. We believe what they say, Mm. and we don't really go into it. But that's why I'm saying to you, we've been confused by analysts' outlook on this one. You know, the, 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 the general view was that this is a recovery stock. It could go much, much better from where it was. And it's not responding to those comments. And that's why I'm saying if you feel that there is value, you've got to do a lot of deep, you know, deep searching. And, and as you quite rightly put it there as well, there's so many businesses that we have got wrong. Sassel being next to Aspen. Mm. Sassel is being completely, you know, completely, completely um, off the rails on that. No, but Sassel, I understand. I understand mm -hmm. Sassel because of people not wanting to be in the company because they have been historically a polluting company and yeah. also the and management and, and paying overpaying for the Lake Charles project and not delivering on the Lake Charles promise, yeah. all that sort of thing. The one that I really hate and I, when I say hate, I mean that's, that's too strong a word. The one that I really find distasteful is EOH, government yeah, contracts, yeah. bad management, yeah. 170. Yeah. How can you justify, mm. how can an asset manager look at himself or herself that in the mirror and sleep at night saying, I bought this thing at 170. It's now four yeah, rand a share. 
Well, well, you know what happens. Uh, not only have not only have analysts forecasted, but so many of our institutions were also long of the stock, uh, in which they handle third party money. They don't handle their own money, mm. and uh, we've seen many, many businesses. You know, if you look at Steinhoff, if you look at EOH, um, if you look at Sassel, you know, and go and see who holds them. You say. What research did you do? What was the depth of the research that you did yes. to come to your opinion? You know, and when it started to go wrong, why did you stay by it? You know, I've got I've got evidence here again, you know, against that all the time, and uh, I like the markets because you know, as as I know, we sometimes you you know that's why I'm coming to the views that I am this nervousness about the market. Yes, fundamentally, I'm a bull. I like to see markets go up, but yes. where signs start to appear. That don't fit in with your views, you know. With don't fit in with uh, uh, how, how can I say they, they they start to show signs of weakness or worry. You've got to see them. You can't just ignore them. And that's why I'm saying, hold on a sec. The kind of volatility that we're seeing now, even now, here's the headline. You know, stocks par or pay. Sorry, early gains. In other words, you know, we we saw the S and P up over a percent as we were talking. It's now just up about point four, point five percent. My view is that this is not going to hold. You know what I mean? You know, we've as 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 you mentioned, we were down, we were up, massively up. We were massively down, we were up, and now we're down again. So I'm saying, hold on a sec. This is this is you know too bumpy for me. I'm not going down this slope. Here you know we go. I mean? Let's have a look at this one now. Here's a headline huh. that came out about 10 minutes ago, just after the um, or just before the U.S. market opened. It says buying in futures shortly before the opening bell helped Wall Street start the week in the green as investors bet on central banks pulling out all the stops to soften the impact of COVID-19 or coronavirus on the global economy. Well, number one, get a vaccine. Don't put money into the system. Yes, Get a vaccine. Right. That will stop it. Put your money, put all the money that you've just put into the market into mm -hmm. research for a vaccine yep. central bank. Stop trying to fool us with this rubbish. And a couple of times last week, I s sort of said to myself, yeah. what does this really mean if the central banks put money in? Different. And the, 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 the phrase that came to, came to me quite, quite mm. forcefully was, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So you can give as much money to the market as you like. But if you give that money to somebody and they're nervous, they're not going to deploy it. They'll just put it in the money market. And that will affect interest rates. It won't affect the asset classes like equities, whereas it has done in the last 10, 11 years. So I think that the central banks are wrong to do this. I think they should just sit quietly, sit quietly and just see what pans out. That's my two cents. I agree with you. No, you're not wrong. You, you're not, uh, seriously, you're not wrong because that's that's right. It should go into vaccines. It's a very nice, uh, what's the word? You know, way of expressing it. Mm. Uh, so, so what what I'm trying to point out is that when I see this kind of market movement, it makes me cautious. I don't blindly say, "Ah, it's time to buy." Yes, it's time to buy. Now, why I relate that? You can relate the same thing to stocks. Yes. You know, we saw it in EOH. We've seen it in Sassel. We've seen it in so many other companies on our market that you can't blindly go and say this is a buy or this is, uh, you know, and buy at its value. You know, and that's why I go back to Aspen. I'm saying I don't know at 103. I can't read the results. If you do want to go into the company, if you feel that 100 is a time to get in, just do the research. You know what I mean? Just spend 
a lot of time going through it. Don't just make summary judgments in that. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing applies to Sassel. The same thing applies to so many other businesses. Understand these businesses. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're too quick to, uh, you know, to, to kind of make, uh, you know, to uh, kind of to make judgments uh, without really, really doing the research. Yeah. Okay. My last word on this: If someone gives you a hundred rand and says, um, "David, go out and, and spend this at this shop," you've got to spend it at this shop, and the shop is, has got nothing in it that you want. You're not going to spend that hundred rand. No. It's exactly the same no. with the with the U.S. Yeah. Federal Reserve. Give us as much money as you like, but what are we going to do with it? We're not going to buy equities because the momentum is suddenly, mm. after eleven years, yeah. to oh. the downside. Simple. Football. Arsenal went out to Olympiacos. Yeah. I'm starting to get some slightly better feelings about Arsenal. I, I, I must say, Arteta has got. A a difficult job, but I thought they were a little bit unlucky against the, the, the Greeks on Thursday night. I, yeah, <laughs> but they shouldn't have lost. No, you know they should have. They should have put this to bed a long time ago, and uh, you know to have taken it to where it went and to lose in that way in the last minute is is. And this was their last chance. You know, this is the last chance of European soccer. So I think it's it's quite a blow, and it was a blow for Arteta as well. Um, I think, I think it's, I, we, did we feel disappointment? No, I don't think we've really turned the corner yet. You know, as an Arsenal supporter, you know, did it shock me that I feel disappointed? To be honest, no. Mm. Um, I think Olympiakos, they wanted it. They were very keen. They never stopped and good luck. Our yeah. taps also sometimes, you know, I saw, I saw it in, I saw it in, in Liverpool as well. They were so sloppy. And I know that against and fund. Oh, yeah, they were sloppy. Do you know? What I mean? You know, they've won so many matches. They thought that they could just get through this at half pace. Quite right. But you know what? I mean, this is my assessment. I mean, I'd love to be a commentator, a guest commentator on one of these shows. The demise of Liverpool recently, because they only just beat Norwich, they lost yes. to Atletico Madrid, they yes. only just beat West Ham, and then they lost yes. to Watford, has been the downturn in form of their talisman, the UK Footballer of the Year, Virgil van Dijk. He has yes. been shocking in the last few games. Yes. And yeah. it just shows you, you can have as many strikers as you like. You can have Mo Salah, you can have six Mo Salahs up front. Yeah. But if your defence is crap and that is what Liverpool have at the moment a, a Virgil who is is out of sorts then you're then you're finished and it's yeah. I, if I was a manager I'd start my team with the goalkeeper and the defenders yeah yeah no I I think you, you're, you're absolutely right he was sloppy you know because things have been so easy for him now and he's starting to believe his own publicity yes. you know it's like when you run marathons I was a marathon runner and and you know what happens you've run four or five of them the sixth one you say oh no you know, I've run so many, I know what I'm doing. Your training is not at the same kind of intensity as it used to be. And, uh, and, and then suddenly you find yourself in real trouble. You know what I mean? You, you, you find yourself in a very, very difficult situation. And, and, and I, I think they're going to lose more matches. I don't think it's going to be easy to come back from where they are, to be honest. Yeah, I think so. But I also think that Jurgen Klopp will have given them the roasting of their lives and they're probably at this very moment uh, being called back from their day I, off and they're going to be <laughs> running I around that training a, pitch. You know, you know who is great? You know who that uh, Ferguson yes. wouldn't have let you. I don't know whether Klopp has got that kind of personality. And the difference, you know, Lindsay, you know what happens? Know. The one thing, the genius of Ferguson was that every year there was a new team. Yes. Every year there was someone else coming in that would keep everyone else on their toes. I'm worried that, that Liverpool, two years now, the same. We've seen it with Spurs. We've seen it with Man City. 
next year not going to be that great. And I think the signs are there. I know Liverpool fans are going to go wild and, you know, but I promise you, next year you will not see the same Liverpool. You'll see the same Liverpool team, but you won't see the same results. I've, I've been very dis- – I think they've been exceptionally lucky the last few games. Yes, they really have. It's starting no. with Norwich. Anyway, you've been talking now for 35 minutes and you've distracted I'm me sorry. terribly. <laughs> <laughs> David Shapiro is the Deputy Chairman of Sassman Securities. That was Shapiro <laughs> World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.